to the Generative Art Podcast with Tim and Ruth. Uh, while we've been recording these podcasts, we kind of find ourselves going on a lot of little tangents and, and there's so many little areas to explore uh, in regards to generative art. So we decided that every now and then we'll just bucket up our little conversation and put it into a random episode. And ironically, this first random episode is about random itself. of it there's no way that you can have absolutely no tooling would that be correct yeah that's correct you need yeah you need one piece at the very very least of the puzzle to be some degree of not in your control um i watched a a uh uh it was like an analytical kind of like what do you say like psychology um show recently where uh, there was a a light bulb and it was flashing on and off um, a particular way and there were people watching it and at the end of it they kind of went to the people and said do you think it was random or it was not random Um, which of course is very relevant to generative art Um, and a lot of them said that it is absolutely not random like there's a very particular pattern behind it uh, and then they kind of revealed that the thing making the light bulb go on and off was a fish swimming from left or right in a in a fish tank. Oh wow, um, that is really really interesting. So, um, <clears throat> it's kind of it's quite relevant to something else that I want to talk about, which is completely unrelated to tooling. Which <laughs> is how how do you randomly generate uh, randomness? Actually. Uh, when it comes to generating yeah. things. Damn. Yeah, maybe we should have started. I feel like I want to have some research done before we before we talk about true yeah. random. Would you say that that is true if you were just uh, painting something that was generative? That, yeah, I mean, you still, I think, by nature need. So in this instance, the fish would be the tool of random. You... I guess if you you can't be the true random in yourself because then you would be the computer generating the thing, I think. Um, but to, to, I guess, kind of kick this all off and wrap it all up without that completely random thought that I blurted straight away. Um, yeah, I think everything in generative art, there's like so many different aspects of which tools are important and we can kind of go through a bunch of those. Um, I guess to outline them, we would say... Uh, we use tooling as in we're going to use a laptop and we're going to use some code. Um, we're going to use, uh, you know, particular libraries to make things look cool. Um, we're going to use particular tooling to get, say, our randomness. You know, the goldfish is a good example, but then, uh, you know, audio and things like that as an input uh, and also tooling to get those as an output and then lots of physical ways. I guess we should yeah, start quite a lot. with, hmm. what should we start with? If we're talking about randomness, there's quite a lot to cover as to what generates the randomness. Um, if we're talking about tooling, um, there's quite a lot to cover in, in ways of whether we're talking about um, coding tooling or physical tooling. 
um, which we're probably going to cover in this episode. And we'll, we can come back to generating randomness, randomness if you yeah. like. How about that? Yes. <laughs> I could talk about that for days. Talk about that for days. Um, yeah, I guess like if we go back to uh, a kind of like historical sense of generative art and the kind of initial tooling, um, I guess you would say, God, I've got so many like weird things. Was it Mozart or or someone who uh, would write each line of um, of music and then kind of roll the dice as to which, I don't know, what's the musical term for like a paragraph of, of music? The, you know, <laughs> one... A phrase, a bar? Yeah, a bar. There, yeah. <laughs> there okay. we go. A bar. Um, I feel like I've added to this episode. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, and, and would roll the dice and then use those dice numbers to decide uh, how the arrangement would be pieced together. Um, oh, that's an incredible piece of information. That's like probably one of the first pieces of generative art. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, uh, um, that's and, funny and a, to kind of go back to that. Yeah, and a great way uh, to create music. Um, so, okay, I mean, so our first you, tool. You have the talent. <laughs> our first tool for this episode is a dice. Um, yeah, actually, I, I was reading about that um, just the other day, just dice rolling and um, <clears throat> how, you know, people have used it to sort of make decisions and things like that. But um, you can absolutely just bring that into code uh, for your generative. Yeah, yeah. Like it could just be numbers from one to six and they could be your decisions. That's it. I mean, I feel like, yeah, that's it. Like the uh, the generative piece that I like to create uh, first with most people when I'm kind of teaching it in a class or or trying to um, give someone an example of what generative art is, is that uh, 20 go to 10, or is it just called go to 10? The go to 10 example where it does a slash 50% of the time from the right going to the left and 50% of the time from the left going to the right. And I guess that is the equivalent of a coin toss. Um, but I guess I kind of, that kind of popped into my head because um, when you're talking about, uh, yeah, like what is the first, what is the easiest example or what if you are personally painting a generative art piece, um, that would be yeah, another good example of that, kind of tying it to, tying it to the left, to the right. One of my... Um, um... One thing I always, always think about because it's all down to probability when you're doing things like tossing coins and rolling dice is you can always get a head. You can always get a tail. It's the weirdest thing about probability, which I can never stop thinking about. You can roll a dice a hundred times. You can always get a one. Like the probability of always getting a one is the same. Oh, yeah. Like it's the same as getting... One two three yeah. four five six. One two three four five six. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Uh, which almost like does never that, happens, the, uh, obviously, but it just yeah um, the, bemuses me. I think there's like a good example of uh, a sorting algorithm that just randomly uh, does everything, and so it's like the probability of the sorting algorithm sorting it in one cycle, which no sorting algorithm can do, exists. Uh, so it's like it's technically has the chance of being the most efficient way to sort an array, um, but it also has the option of literally never getting it correct, oh, yeah. which makes it also the most inefficient way of sorting an array. 
just useful information, kind of deep depths of random. Um, maybe we should have a whole random episode. I think that we should have a whole random episode such because a, I have such a, I do have more to say about this, which I'm struggling not to talk about right now, if I'm honest yeah. with you. Um, no, let's just keep talking about random. Okay. I'm, I'm, All right. I'm so I was thinking it. about random numbers recently exactly based on this right because um and it goes back to your swimming fish example um <clears throat> when you're emulating nature um oh goodness me I'm, I'm struggling with words uh perlin uh was came up with his perlin noise which was you don't just create random numbers as you would like a, a rolling dice a hundred times, because actually on average, what you are going to get is the same amount of ones and the same amount of twos and the same amount of threes, because that's randomness. Right. And it's the same when you're coding. Right. It's like an so, ugly, yes. Yeah, so if ugly you noise. code with JavaScript, which is what I code with, um, and you do math.random, which is the function to get a random number, you, if you do that over time, you get the same amount of 0.1s and 0.2s and 0.3s, right? Right, it's an even distribution. Yeah, and in nature, this doesn't really happen. What you get in nature is probably a lot of 0.4s and 0.5s if we're doing numbers, say, between 0 and 1. And then every so often, you get a 0.1 and a 0.9. So you get this sort of bell curve distribution of random numbers. And this is oh. what Perlin came up with his when he was thinking about Perlin noise is he's got this bell curve of distribution of random numbers, which is why we use Perlin noise for emulating things like clouds and leaf distribution on trees and sort of that kind of nature randomness. Um, and I was thinking about this quite a lot recently because I was thinking about how to generate random numbers um, in code because I do that. Um, and I was thinking, could I come up with my own noise um, for random number distribution um, in JavaScript? So I filled uh, a, a buffer in the web audio API with random mm -hmm. numbers, which, as we know, makes white noise. <sighs> That's what it's for um, those listening. Exactly <laughs> like that. Um, and started piping it through wave shapers. Because if I get the right wave shaper to pass it through, it's going to change the shape of that noise to what should be Perlin noise if I can get the right wave shaper. But I have no idea what the equation for that is at the moment. Um, and I've started getting different distributions of random numbers. I mean, that's great. Um, what I haven't got around to yet is actually um, emulating this to see what it looks like visually, which is the, the reason for it, the end result. So, you know, how is that going to look like as clouds, for instance? Because white noise, if you think about it, looks like static on a yep. telly. Um, and we're trying to sort of emulate sort of clouds or fog. Um, but what different wave shapes are going to give me different clouds, basically? Right, right. <laughs> so, yes, I have been uh, kind of thinking kind of in a little rabbit hole of my own about random noise distribution <laughs> random number distribution I want so yeah. yeah I mean just the whole the whole general idea of noise which I guess we'll also talk about in uh, when we talk about algorithms um, I always try and find an easy way to teach it and explain it and I think the way that you've described the random the randomness there where Although, although counter to our regular thing, like a coin flip could always be one or it could always be uh, whatever, it could always be heads, it could always be tails. And over time, you get a fairly even distribution just by the nature of the universe. Uh, yeah, it is 
a cool way of describing it in that in real nature, it's not a total random. Like, yeah, the branch doesn't grow on the tree in a random fucking direction because I've tried to code it that way. And it's like, (laughs) oh, wait a second. Yeah, I need to say your angle can actually be predominantly, you know, 30 degrees out of the tree. You never come 90 degrees out of the tree. And you come in a variance amongst amongst that area. Um, yeah, the random. I guess I I kind of want to do the research now of of what is, you know, I, I think in math there's the idea of true random. Does that exist? The chaotic. Yeah, well, this is just random. it, isn't it? Um, the random numbers we're generating. Or can can there be no in true code, random? I do not believe a true random. Um, I'm sure we can find some more information to back up what I have read, which I can't bring to the forefront of my memory right now. But yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like it's going to go into like a deep cryptography, cryptography yeah. world, right? Because is the, the random, <laughs> we're really <laughs> going for it here. Uh, the random generated in by, by like say the MD, MD5 thing, it's like, is not good enough. It's why we get the clashes. Is that is that why? Yeah. I, I don't think that you can just emulate that with like bits and bytes, can you? Um, and it's kind of weird that you don't see it in nature either, that nature's actually not random. It's not true random. Yeah. It is always within a certain set of parameters. And then every so often it will <laughs> um, deviate, but it's only every so often. For the most part, it stays within parameters. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of reassuring honestly reassuring to me but then of course so often with our generative art we uh, we we kind of curtail it the same way to get a really nice thing it's actually a fantastic example the noise example that you gave um, if we want to draw something nice on a page we can't pick 20 we could pick 20 random locations uh, and have you know a pen draw out to those things, but you kind of are left with a scribble, right? Instead, we want to say, "Hey, let's get random on a curve, or half the time, or your previous number actually affects how you generate your next random number." Yeah, it's a- that's precisely it. And you're always curating that, aren't you? Like it's always yeah, gotta- based on the the motions that you decide you want to put in i feel like that's a very obvious statement (laughs) i don't know i needed to hear it yeah yeah um i'm just which is kind of like doing one of those things where it just smashes against your head and you're thinking about 20 different yeah it's slightly different from the parameters that you set it's like you are setting um, the creation parameters, like you have this paper and you have this pen and you have, you know, you want to draw straight lines, not curves. You have added yeah. that. I want it then to draw from here to here, but only within these subset of randomness. I don't, please don't deviate too much because if you deviate too much, it might not look very good. Yeah. I've just been uh, playing with, with maze algorithms um, which is, you know, there's, there's multiple different ways of generating kind of a large maze. 
um, for, you know, like a mouse maze, um, not the corn. And yeah, it's similar things like the random, you know, if you're, say you had a grid of squares and you wanted to, you just pick a random wall out of the multiple walls and then you pick one and then you go into that space and then you pick another one that's available and you kind of keep picking until you've kind of carved a pathway through all these walls. Uh, it's, it's very, very likely that you'll head to, unless you have an infinitely wide maze, which I don't want, uh, you're going to hit one of the actual true walls on the side and then you can't kind of random your way out of it. So I guess you would say people that do generative art are <laughs> arbiters of random. Is that a fair? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it is. Like, um, the, one of the reasons I was going down this rabbit hole anyway was because um, just that sort of linearness that I was getting from the randomness of code um, wasn't, I was going to say random enough, but it wasn't curated randomness enough, if that makes sense. It was too random. It was, yeah. too, <laughs> it was too straightforward random. I wanted to add... Um, something more to that randomness to make it to have more control over it basically um yeah uh, but there was also that kind of creative process behind it because now i'm able to shape the randomness that's coming out now that i've got that working which is literally the only stage i've got to i did this on one flight one 11 hour flight where i just had this idea and i was like oh let's just fill a buffer with random noise and then shape it and see what happens um and I've only just started That's getting it. numbers out, if, so I will let you know the progress. I think if you, well, yeah, I think, it, and it kind of goes back to the uh, the Mozart, and I should actually totally double check that he was the guy, but historically speaking, he's usually the guy. Um, the The kind of aspect of random in his thing isn't going to affect it because he, you know, would write a piece of music in one key altogether or or you know compatible keys so when it goes from a to b there is a huge element of the non-random which says you know this is actually going to still sound nice it's not going to sound like absolute garbage which is yeah i guess his his uh his yeah it's quite interesting how the mediums that we choose to do this have that sort of built in so you can choose to put music into a key that's so it's always going to sound harmonious because you're using notes within that realm of key. You can do it with color as well. Right. So you can choose a color palette that is harmonious, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of crazier once you start to move those things into you know, I guess, would you say music is, I guess it's a two-dimensional, a two-dimensional space. And then we're going to say do generative art on like a pen plotter where you have a two-dimensional space. But then once you start to get into 3D, 3D uh, modeling and kind of like distortion in, in a grander scheme, like the wind is a good example for, you know, in a, say a Pixar film, um, it's kind of in the 3D. It just starts to get more and more, I don't know, scary to code. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, I guess it depends on how you look at uh, sound. But yes, um, it depends whether you want to get into spatialization um, or not. But yes, I understand what you mean. Um, um, there's, there's that weird YouTube video that kind of went around for a while that was, um, I don't really know how relative this is, but uh, they gave kind of different drugs to spiders. Oh, yeah. So like a spider will make a, a web that is truly not random. You know, it's like I'm in this position. I want to catch bugs. I'm going to make a nice proper net. And then with caffeine, it went I don't crazy. really understand what <laughs> goes on in their brain, but suddenly they're overthinking the web, I wonder, or they're underthinking it and it turns into a mess. And then they kind of gave them, I think it went really weird. They gave them LSD and a bunch of other things and they got seven different kinds of webs. Yeah, that's so true. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that for a long time. Is that related? <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's nature and randomness um yeah it's kind of the same when you start messing around with random numbers right like this is um pearl and noise on on drugs basically um that's it but yeah get a spider yeah it's like the goldfish just get a uh get a goldfish put it left and right i think somebody did you know there was the twitch place pokemon era i think I kind of recall there being goldfish plays Pokemon, which it didn't get any distant because it was pretty random and it didn't really have a brain trying to direct it. But if it swam into certain areas on the on the fish tank, it would be pressing very particular buttons. Um, goldfish is closer to a very random. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm now wondering whether we can do goldfish noise. Goldfish Since noise. Berlin noise, we have goldfish noise. So I mean, I wonder. All right, and then sometimes yeah, it would be completely erratic. Coding a goldfish. Right? That's what we're considering <laughs> yeah. here. Full goldfish yeah, or letting, AI. Or letting the goldfish code one or the other. <laughs> I could do that. Lots of A's. It would be smarter than me, I'd imagine. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it'll probably make better decisions. Let the goldfish make decisions. Coding is just making decisions a lot of the time. Just another kind of weird random thing that I'm thinking about now is the weather. Like why? I mean, it's because of the randomness, right? Like I feel like we should be able to predict the weather perfectly, you know? Yes, I feel like In my that. Ideal we world, can't at all, can we? Yeah, in my ideal world, uh, the start of every year, uh, everyone flocks together and there's a great computer kind of sitting at the top and it prints out <laughs> a big, long piece of paper that says the exact weather for the entire year. So then everyone can plan accordingly. Um, but um. even with all the data that we have which is i you know a royal ton um it still doesn't matter they're gonna say it's gonna rain on friday and it's gonna mess us up and it's gonna be sunny or it's gonna be the opposite yeah so so i I like the fact that you experienced that as well um just so the listeners are aware tim is situated in new york and i'm situated in the southwest of the uk um so uh, not particularly hugely different climates but um yeah 
our weather is just never predicted correctly. Um, <laughs> one thing that you can always depend on is it will rain here. So even oh, so when that you know, sounds predictable. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So when you look at the weather, like I look at the weather on my phone in the morning, um, and it will say sun, 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 and you'll be like, right. So at two o'clock, it's probably going to rain, <laughs> even if it's just going to drizzle a little bit. It will because it's a UK. Uh, the other thing that you notice is when it says percentage chance of rain in the UK, that's not a percentage chance. That's an amount of rain. <laughs> it will rain. If it's 10%, that's drizzle. If it's 90%, it's rain. that's a thunderstorm. Right? I guess um, that kind of matches up. But yeah, I guess. But the, I do know exactly yeah. what you mean because, um, yeah, like I will look at the weather for the week and it will, it just, Friday will be absolutely completely different to what they say. And it will change every yeah. single day as well. Like they just. They, they don't seem to have any way of predicting it, which seems so weird. That but it is that, like, by nature of that being difficult, uh, you know, the, the weather, for instance, they can say if everything stays exactly the same, then the warmth from over there, you know, from this area will come into this pressure system uh, or, or however that works um, is... Uh, yeah, and the difficulty of predicting that because a small, tiny thing at the start is going to totally affect your outcome is actually like the exact uh, behavior that you're trying to harness, especially with computer computer uh, built generative art. Like you want to build a really complex, amazing looking thing, and you want it to be difficult for someone to understand how that could have remotely been created you know, when two tiny different variables were fed into it at the start. So it's, you know what I'm trying to say? Does that make sense? It does make a lot of sense. I hadn't really ever considered it like that because I always thought that you want something similar. Like um, if you're doing a series of pieces um, uh, from the same program, let's say, and you are yeah. passing in um, one different variable at the beginning which can be based on your parameter whatever data it is that you want to change that mm -hmm. the outcome has some resemblance the second time to the first time so that you can see they're from the same program does that make sense but then if you have say like a chaining or a recursive algorithm and your random out of 10 draws a uh, a 10 at the in the first iteration and your different example it draws a three you know, 20 iterations down, you're going to have a completely different world of world of thing. You're going to have a completely different planet. Yeah, yeah, that's it. If, we, if only we had, you know, seven fingers. If only. It would have been all yeah. right. Uh, yeah. And that <laughs> suddenly makes a lot more sense as to why it's so hard to predict the weather. Because I still wish we had it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, generative art will solve this problem one day. Maybe yeah, somebody. I mean, the weather is the planet's generative <laughs> art. <laughs> to go yeah. The clouds and all that oh, jazz. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it kind of is to the very sense. You know, we do so much generative art to try to replicate nature and try to replicate uh, how things how things work. Um, I'm great, really glad you made that statement for the next time I'm stuck in a thunderstorm without an umbrella. 
<laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, random number weather yeah, generator. Just, just be like, it's okay. It's just the, the world's generative art. I'm just here. I think if you made a weather website that just ran on a random number generator, maybe like a Perlin-esque one, so it semi-simulates real things. You know, it doesn't go from rainy to sunny in every back and again, and back again every 10 seconds. <laughs> I think you could very reasonably convince somebody that it is a real weather forecast. Hmm. The Turing weather test, I call it. Thank you for listening to our random chat on random. You can find all the information from the chat on generativeartistry.com, including a transcription and all that jazz. Tune in next week because we'll be talking about tooling. We'll be right back.